Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Beard Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Adnan, one-third of Beard Talk Sports. The beer game, as always, is intermediate. I got my co-host with me, Beer Game Pro. Where you at? What up, what up, what up? It's your boy, EG. I'm more enthusiastic than Adsman there. I feel you, Adsman, bro. Those nights when the kids won't go to sleep, those are deadly, bro. But I got my boy Smiles with me. And he's gonna put your smile on your face. Well, I'm gonna tell you one more thing as well, too. That'll put a smile on everybody's faces. That Raptors won, obviously. Mm. You know, uh, they haven't lost a home game at all yet. But as man, I'll let you kick it. They're yeah, turning a here. Yes, I was uh, following the game uh, due to situations beyond my control, but uh, circumstances beyond my control. Uh, Raptors 101 96 um, in four quarters. Um, big play by Pascal Siakam near the end of the, uh, near the end of the quarter, uh, the fourth quarter there to kind of get them ahead. And then they kind of never look back from there. Um, biggest thing that jumps off the stat sheet, uh, <laughs> trusting the process, uh, Joel Embiid with zero points tonight. So that's, uh, that's a big, that's huge. Uh, <laughs> Zero for eleven, I think, or zero for twelve, or something like that. Just literally nothing doing for him. Um, but a few things um, with the Raptors' performance today: they definitely did struggle uh, with the offensive rebounding game, especially in the first half. It was atrocious, absolutely atrocious. A few bounces here and there, not going their way, and then they were also really, really, really bad um, from the three-point line in the first half. I think they were like five for twenty or something like that. Um, so they were shooting about 25%. They managed to up uh, that stat in the in the second half. They went from being 25% to about 33% or 32% somewhere around there. So uh, definitely uh, kudos to them for coming back strong in the second half, but just atrocious in the first half from three. Um, overall, solid game from a lot of players. Got some really good minutes from Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Uh, Terrence Davis uh, showing out and showing something every game. Uh, with consistency, and I think that's what the league is about, consistency, so good on him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll turn it over to you guys. Any other comments you guys have, just uh, chime in. It was uh, it was definitely a well-fought game. Uh, it was really tight throughout, I mean, from first quarter all the way to the end. Um, I guess, uh, obviously, the one thing that stuck out to everybody was uh, Joel Embiid's uh, play. You know, he didn't really, he wasn't really as enthusiastic about this game. He was very kind of subtle throughout the whole game, uh, not really energizing his team, not really those stomach issues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, his diet. Well, I got one word for you: lay off the Big Macs, get on the Skittles game, bro, because you need some of that energy, dog. You need some of that energy, dude. Was like walking around like my grandpa out there, bro. Uh, what Joel, the hell was that? Uh, talk to EG because he's uh, he's the yes. number one guy to go to. Uh, yes, I'm looking for clients. Mary right. Brown, EG, uh, <laughs> Big Mary Monday. I actually, I actually did not have Mary Browns today on purpose <laughs> because I was like, I ain't going on that MB diet when the Sixers are playing the Raptors. I. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> well, EG, I'm proud of you, man. It's good on you. I actually had have veggies today. No, oh, wow. Yeah. How do you feel? That's pretty good. Um, but I, I dunked them in French onion dip, though, so still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of uh, ruined the nutritional value of that. 
Um, but yeah, going back, to the, uh, going back <laughs> to the game, uh, yeah, Raptors did not shoot really well from uh, beyond the arc. Marcus All was, uh, he was, he showed up on the defensive end, which was uh, really good. At least he locked down Joel Embiid. I mean, he really, really got to his head. Um, mm. There's one player that I did like uh, watching as opposed to uh, uh, Pascal Siakam, and that was uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. He was on the offensive glass. He was just getting trying to get every single rebound. He is, his hustle game is on point. I yeah. mean, he every day he comes in giving 110%. Um, he got a, yeah, double-double tonight, yeah. 16 and 10. So, yeah. yeah. Very so, good. Very good. what about you? What are your thoughts? So my thoughts on the game are, yo, the Raptors, no matter how they do on the offensive end, these guys are playing hard every single play. Like it's apart from the end of that first quarter where they where they gave up that run for like was like a seven zero run, mm-hmm. you know, just lazy on on the on a few plays at the end of the quarter, which let um. Philly take a six-point lead at the end of the first quarter. I felt mm-hmm. like the rest of the game, they were on point. Like, every single play, they were hustle, 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 hustle. And that's what I like about this Raptor team. And it's not only just a team. I think it stems down from up top with Masai Ujiri, like, calling out and believing in them and, you know, giving them that confidence from up top. It just stems down to Nick Nurse and the coaching staff and then the players, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy the vibe around this organization, even though they lost Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. They're like, you know, next still man in up. Champ- still in championship mode. You know what I mean? And and the one thing I kept saying last season, as soon as the trade happened, was this trade is already successful. It does not matter what the results are. Because the, the, the thing that those two guys brought to this organization was they brought that mentality that toughness that never give up attitude you know what i mean um and if you saw what the raptors were doing in the playoffs the past few years they would do that for like one or two games but then in one game as soon as they got down they were like just down and out you know what i mean yeah yeah no for sure they were very the fight would come too little too late they were very emotionally fragile as an organization yeah and and those two guys brought it and the the way OG is playing right now, you see it in his game. You see Pascal, you see Freddie. This is all due to the trade. Mm. Yeah, Freddie, Freddie, maybe not so much. Maybe just the the winning mentality and the championship attitude. But Freddie always had that toughness in him. But when you look at OG and Pascal and the leaps they took, is because of mm-hmm. those two guys coming into the organization. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, EG's or uh, sorry, OG is uh, first in uh, three point field goal percentage. So, I mean, he's absolutely wrecking it. I don't know after today, but, I mean, that's what I saw. Wait, sorry, what, what did you say, Sal? What did you say at the beginning of that? First in three-point field goal percentage. Yeah. Well, today he was 40%, so he's probably yeah. still – he was two for five from three. So, he's yeah. probably uh, probably still there. I think also uh, – oh, yeah, shout-out to Drake. Finally showed up to a game, and Meek Mill sitting across the way from him. But uh, EG, your point about uh, the the vibe of the organization and putting the trust in the players, it's interesting because uh, and Matt Devlin pointed this out many times on the uh, he pointed it out twice specifically on the broadcast from what I remember. Once was when um, 
Norman Powell. Yes, Norman Powell was shooting, and then uh, De- Matt Devlin's like, uh, you know, he looked over at Nick Nurse, meaning Norman Powell looked over at Nick Nurse, and Nick Nurse said, "Don't worry, just keep shooting your shot." And then I think the same happened with Gasol. I think in the third quarter or something like that, it was really close, and he missed like three or four shots uh, from three. And again, looked over at Nick Nurse, and Nick Nurse, according to Matt Devlin, said, "Just keep shooting your shot. It's a good shot." So mm-hmm. I think to have that faith in your players and give them confidence, as opposed to going the boiling route. And uh, benching, maybe, that yeah, and benching your player for not, you know, whatever. But you know what I'm saying? Like it, it speaks to the type of coach Nick Nurse is. I think another big turning point in this game was definitely uh, that Josh Richardson missed uh, the the three pointer that Terrence Davis fouled him on, fouled in quotation marks, yep. where it turned out he didn't even touch him. And then Josh Richardson, who's an 80% free throw shooter, goes and misses all three you know, free throw shots. So yeah. I think that was kind of the TSN turning point in a way uh, in the grander scheme of things down the stretch. Is that correction? Mm. OG is not number one in three-point percentage. Oh, fact Ooh. check. Saad, you are fake news. Fake news. Well, it was before the game anyway. We do apologize on behalf of Smiles. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, that was the stat before the game. He's not even close. That's the point. <laughs> I was looking at the stats the, probably like two days ago. Three-point percentage leader by minutes played. Okay, whoa, bro. It's probably Joe Harris. You okay, minutes played. But if you look at three-point, right now he's tied for three at 500. Yeah. No, Joe Harris, Joe Harris is at um, 44%. All right. There's nobody at 500 that has the minutes played. Yeah, that could be fine. But that's what I'm saying. I'm just looking at the score uh, NBA leaders and three-point percentage. Is First one is Royce O'Neal. Second is Marcus Morris. Third is OG Anunoby. Damn. Joe Harris is not even on there? Yeah, bro. Yo, somebody's getting you wrong. It's either Yahoo or the score, bro. <laughs> <sighs> this is a... Uh... There's a conspiracy. There's a conspiracy going on, guys. Okay, yeah. but I have to I do have to ask you guys a question. If Philly did not make any lineup changes this offseason and they still kept Jimmy Butler and JJ Reddick, and the Raptors are the team they are right now, who do you think would have won this game? Philly would have won this game because they have a closer in Jimmy Butler. Right now they don't have a closer. True. Hmm. I agree. Yep. Yeah. And they lost both those players, and now you're seeing the effects of it. Although Al Horford is a closer as well, too. I would kind of... No, not like a closer-closer. Yeah, he's not a closer-closer, but he's... Not like a go-to guy. But he's a reliable player. He is a reliable player. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying you don't look at him as a closer. Yeah. Man, yeah, uh, Van Vliet, Van Vliet was super efficient tonight, bro. And he's not usually. He was what nine for fifteen, twenty-four points, something like that. Uh, yeah, nine for fifteen. So he's sixty percent from the field, twenty-four points, eight assists, uh, and three for six from the three-point line. So extremely efficient night from Fred Van Vliet as well. Um, Norman Powell, not so much, three for eleven. Um, I mean. We we had this discussion last week about Norman Powell. I think uh, we kind of know where we are with that. So, um, 
And as well, too, you got to look at the defense that was played on Ben Simmons. Uh, that was, yeah. I mean, they locked him down. He could not get into the paint and try to get a layup in. Uh, mm-hmm. At least they're trying to close him out on the paint. Uh, as well, too, obviously, Joel Embiid. Like, once you, once you kind of cover those two players, you're really set for the whole game. Um, yeah. Because especially, like EG said, there's no real closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that on that team. So, I mean, that being said, I think it's uh, I think it's for any team really. You just need to close. Uh, you just need to kind of cover those two players. Um, man, the thing is, I'm not. I'm still not convinced these guys will make it far into the playoffs. The Raptors? No, the um, Philadelphia. Sixers. Yeah. yeah, and they're getting hyped hard. I told you guys. Pure hype train. I think, I, I and I, I said that um, before the season started about our predictions of who is going to make it to the finals. And my prediction was Milwaukee would come out of the East. But I thought the Raptors would end up in the final four. So they would, they, they, they would be, depending on who they face, they would have a fighting chance at the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. yeah. And right now... Uh, if I was a betting man, I would bet my money on the Raptors over the Sixers making yeah. it into the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I would agree with you. I yeah, agree. I, I think right now, um, based on what we've seen, I think we can absolutely say that. Mm. Um, the only thing is, is Marcus All really needs to cover Joel and be otherwise, if Marcus All is injured, then yeah. I'm saying at full health, and yeah. we weren't even at full health. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Lowry, Lowry, Lowry Ibaka, Stanley Johnson, Matt Kawhi. Thomas was oh, yeah. out. <laughs> oh, you're talking about tonight? No, that's just about like last no, year. tonight. Okay. Um, they were at full strength. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, score alert a little bit. Uh, okay, I'm going to put this out here. And I'm only saying it because it's noteworthy. The Portland Trail Blazers defeated the Chicago Bulls 117-94 today. How many points did Melo have? Sad, take a guess. 25 points, 8 rebounds. God damn it. <laughs> Someone looked at the stat sheet. Yeah, 25 points from Melo, man. That's uh, Melo's back. Damn. But he's up for Melo, yo. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mela this year. Who's this guy? I don't know. But, yo, uh, first of all, EG, how was your week in fantasy last week? I think I lost. Oh, still. Yes, Saad, how was your week? Not that you care. Oh. Uh, you said your lineup today. It was good. Yes. No, I didn't. EG. No, set it up I right didn't. now, bro. Just set it. One thing you do. Just set it for the entire week, bro. All right. It's all, all right. we ask. <laughs> we don't ask for much, Saad. Uh, yes, true. Monday you morning, you set your lineup. That's it. All right. I'll think about it, EG. Um. <laughs> Yeah, listen, you you owe the man a pizza. The least you could do is oblige his request, bro. It's turned into brisket, bro. Damn. Damn. This guy charging interest on that pizza, bro. Damn, bro. What happens if I set my lineup every week? We'll go you, down still, you still lost. The, you still said the Raptors. I mean, the Lakers would come top four last year, so I think you still lose. Um, also, another notable score, Buddy Heald tonight, 41 points. Um, and Jared Allen. Uh, on the Brooklyn Nets, 22 points, 21 rebounds. 
So yeah, just crazy. Some crazy stat lines all around. Forty-one points. Wow. 21, 22 points, 21 rebounds. So just as many rebounds as he had points tonight. Uh, okay, guys, uh, let's pivot a bit real quick um, before I'll come back to ball at the end of it. But I just want to pivot a little bit to my ba- Mike Babcock's firing and some of the stuff that has come out uh, about Mike Babcock, which has not been very uh, flattering to say the least. So a lot of people, uh, Mike Commodore, I think it's Mike Commodore. Yeah, Mike Commodore, who used to play for, um, I think he played for, I can't remember. Anyway, he played for a team that, uh, was he on the Red Wings? He might have been. Anyway, he is like, he's like heavy hating on Mike Babcock on Twitter. He's been hating. He's been hating, exactly. Uh, saying been you know, hating like since the first loss so, okay. <laughs> to the no, Capitals. But, so now a story comes out, and if you haven't heard, here it is. Um, Mitch Marner in his rookie season was asked by Mike Babcock to write down a list from strongest or hardest working to least hardest working players. And so he did that. And then what Mike Babcock did is shared that list that Marner gave him with those players. So like some serious backhanded type of stuff going on. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Uh, There's another thing uh, someone made a mention of, and I don't know how true it is, but Mike Madano was uh, playing for the Detroit Red Wings in like the last year of his career for whatever reason. He just went back to Detroit to play for one year. And he, one thing someone pointed out is that he has 1,499 games played. And someone made the point to say that the reason he didn't play that 1500th game is because Mike Babcock basically scratched him and didn't let him play that game, which is like a heavy, uh, custy move to do to like a legendary player who's played 1500 games in the NHL. Lastly, I'll leave you with this. There was a tweet that came out uh, from Akeem Aliu, who used to play in the NHL. I don't think he plays in the NHL anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, He played for the Calgary Flames for a little bit of Nigerian descent. So he says, it's not very surprising the things we're hearing about Babcock. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Same sort of deal with his protege in YYC, Calgary, where he played him, uh, where he played for um, Bill P. I think it was Bill Peters. Anyway, uh, this is what he said. Dropped the N-bomb several times towards me in my in the dressing room in my rookie year because he didn't like my choice of music. First one to admit I rebelled against him wouldn't you question mark and instead of remedying the situation he wrote a letter to john mcdonough and stan bowman to have me sent down to the echl 20 year old on pace for 20 goals in his first pro year with zero power player penalty kill time was off to a great start basically saying that uh a protege and i now i'm not trying to say this is mike babcock who said this this is a protege of mike babcock i think i came you speaking with a little bit of emotion but point made uh mike babcock is um Sticking true to the last syllable of his last name. Anyway, comments. Uh, uh, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't have no idea. Did you get the joke? Uh, I don't know if you got man speaking a little there. emotionally there. <laughs> nah, you don't do stuff like that, man. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, this is as bad as the Ottawa Senators drama last year, man. Yeah, yeah, this is bad. Man, Uh, this is bad. Relax, relax a bit there. No, no, bro. This was just as bad when he was still, when he still had the job, right? Yes, but when he got canned, it was all gravy. (laughs) Yeah, 
Now you feel, man. Last year, <laughs> yeah, you guys are going. Yeah. We, we got a slight feeling of how you guys felt last year. You guys had a season-long drama, bro. Yeah, yeah, we did. That's so true, man. Yeah, but this, this is, is going to drag on season-long. No. The tide has turned, my friend. Two-game winning streak. <laughs> I'm on that O'Keefe train, all right? No. <laughs> chugga, 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 choo-choo. Let's keep it moving. Oh, you know what I'm saying? God, <laughs> oh, <ew. laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Anyway, so that's that. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, I mean, okay, big thing. I Last thing I have to say about this. Yo, we've been talking a lot about uh, hockey and just general people in hockey misbehaving and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like every week there's something like not political, but kind of moral issue that we're speaking about, something like this as well. Like, first of all, a lot of people have made the point that if this has been happening regularly, because this is not the first person to talk about it, why hasn't the media come out and said anything about this? And why are they so hush-hush until it became a big story when he got fired? Um, anyway, that's one thing. And I know it's probably for access. So uh, that's about all I have to say. I think it's interesting that this stuff doesn't come out till much after. So, well, hockey's still... well, How do you know the media has gotten... No, but like, look, at the way, bro. look at the way the league is operated, man. Hockey is living in the dark ages bro it is and 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 part of factions of the the league are still in that old school mentality like you mm -hmm. play with grit you play with toughness you play with this you know you, you you they they have this vision of hockey in their mind that it's supposed to be this way and if anybody comes and plays a new way it's like wrong you know what i mean mm. um they're not evolving and if they don't, then the league's going to suffer. And we already see it. Yeah, it is. They, they've taken a hit over the past two decades. In probably 2000, the, mm -hmm. the cap was almost like not as bad as of a difference as it was with the NBA. And now look at it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because there's more money in the NBA, man. Way more. And, Way more. It's yeah. more and it's a global game. And it's a global yeah. game. And hockey does not want to become. And if anything, hockey could be a more global game because it's played more globally. Yeah. You know, but it, it chooses not to. Yeah. You got most of Europe, which plays ice hockey. Russia mm -hmm. plays ice hockey. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, the... but that's the problem, EG. I think they're sticking. <laughs> see, like, even with the World Cup of hockey that this NHL introduces, like a money making endeavor. Yeah. The only reason they're doing this is because they want um is because they want to like just go back to the same cash cow that's been making the money. They have no interest in long term like that makes you money now. But what about growing the game in countries like Turkey, for instance? You know, for example. I'm just giving an example, right? Where there is, you know, people there's a team in Lebanon, there's a team in UAE, there's teams in Algeria, Morocco, like all these there's so many places where hockey is played but you're not willing to you know help them along which helps you because when those guys are when the guys and girls are growing up in places where there's not a lot of hockey and they want to watch something they're not going to watch you they you know because you're not reaching out to them you're just kind of staying in your little bubble i'm going to say this mm. his name's gary Bettman, right mm. needs to be changed there needs to be a commissioner change yeah, I agree. The league is not operating in a way that's beneficial to the league. Like it's like it's operating still in like they're in the late nineties, early two thousands. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yeah, we society has changed drastically. 
you know what i mean and mm-hmm. even on social media you don't see like those crazy hockey goal highlights popping up on everybody's feeds and whatnot where where is all that like it, mm. they they need to move on that you know what i mean mm-hmm. they need to they need to keep it more approachable to the younger audience right and what 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 does the younger audience like they like pace they like quickness they like fancy dancy moves and all that kind of stuff yeah they want entertainment value and they want entertainment value exactly yeah. and nba did that yeah NBA and i think moved towards yeah that. nba is, evolved and yeah. they they became a players league Hockey yeah. is no not a players league. Hockey is an owners league, and if they keep sucking up to the owners, you're not gonna go far. Mm-mm. And the owners eventually are gonna lose out on their investment and cash out. Yeah. So actually, this is actually a really good segue to an issue that I really wasn't gonna touch on, but I'm gonna get to now. Um, the uh, there was news earlier this week about Adam Silver, pro- you know, planning to propose some really uh interesting changes um and uh you know to to some of the stuff going on in the nba mainly uh reseeding conference finalists uh a postseason play-in game and also shortening the season to 78 games and also having like an in-season tournament or something like that so uh i don't know if you guys had a chance to look at that or any thoughts on that um generally eg i I don't like the the conference seeding thing because then they're just creates powerhouses and whatnot obviously okay. barring injury and whatnot but like say for example the warriors right now would you want to watch them in the playoffs no <laughs> and if they reseeded technically they would make the playoffs automatically what do you mean like not automatically but mm-hmm. they, they they given an advantage towards making the playoffs again mm. you get what i'm saying because okay. the conference finalists get reseeded no but uh okay for the finals right yeah yeah, what i'm saying is if 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 an injury happens in the conference finals Mm -hmm. and you get reseeded right and they make the finals somehow so home court advantage would go to like i i like it the way it is you get what i'm saying Mm -hmm. because at least from what i understand is after the conference finals it gets reseeded or do is it during the conference finals they get reseeded that's what i'm trying to i i mean that's obviously very vague right now i don't think it would really it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense just for the finals so even if it is for the conference finals yeah you're saying that home court advantage goes with playoff wins as well i guess to an extent maybe seeing uh I remember it, saying something about the mid-season, yeah, mid-season tournament. That would yes. be me as well, too. That, uh, that intrigued me. Yeah, that I'm like, down for. Shorten the season and create, like, a, a instead of a, in the All-Star break, instead of having, like, that big All-Star game, you have, like, a mini tournament. Yeah, so that's what it kind of says. Is, uh, um, months ago, the NBA had proposed a late January-February tournament that would culminate with a Final Four during All-Star weekend. That idea, but they said that they're trying to find common ground on a post-Thanksgiving tournament. So they were originally going to do it during All-Star Weekend, but they say that idea faded fast. Both the union and team executives expressed concern over that idea. NBPA was resistant to shortening players' All-Star breaks and requiring some to potentially participate in the in-season tournament and All-Star Weekend. 
So, and they were also saying uh, teams were concerned about the ro- that the roster turnover at the early February trade deadline and ensuing buyout waiver window would compromise the integrity of the tournament. So they're they're aiming for something like Thanksgiving, which would be like this week. This is interesting. But it'd be early to mid season, like it'd be mid mid season. Yeah, early mid season. Yeah, basically. Yeah, we're what? We're how many games in? 16, 17 games in. So. Yeah. Or they could start it in like the preseason, and then have like the yeah the playoff run during Thanksgiving, and then the finals right before All Star. Yeah, actually, that's that's interesting as well. Definitely, right. definitely. So anyway, I mean, again, this is uh, and a lot of people have lauded Adam Silver for being very progressive in his uh, ideas and and proposals that come from the league. Something for people to chew on and think about. And this is how well, growth is achieved. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you saying, yeah, he listens to the players as well too, and he listens to their feedback. What do people like? Especially like, I mean, LeBron James is very vocal, but as well too, whoever LeBron James kind of endorses, and you know, he like he basically he LeBron James is kind of the the voice of the league. So whatever mm-hmm. LeBron James says, and he listens to the players, and he'll bring that to Adam Silver, and then basically from that, Adam Silver will take that feedback and kind of use that to help improve the league. That's yeah. the way I've seen it. I don't right. know. Isn't Chris Paul the NBA PA Rep. representative? Yeah, I mean, but I really think there's formal influence and then also... Oh, yeah. LeBron is always going to have influence. He's the yeah. face of the NBA still, right? So. Yeah. I think the Lakers yeah. are back to being relevant, which is good for the NBA, apparently. Top four. <laughs> okay, sad. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, Saad. Uh, okay. Um, let's do a final. Uh, okay. So one more article I just wanted to kind of look at. Um, it's from The Athletic. Uh, and shout out to The Athletic. Uh, they always have like Thanksgiving sales and stuff like that. Um, and it's like 50% off. And it's, it ends up being pretty cheap for a subscription. So if you guys are down, I'd highly recommend it to anyone out there. Uh, really good content out there. So, Okay. The 2010s, uh, so this is by Zach Harper, um, super teams to megastars here, the 10 NBA players who define the decade. So I'm going to run down this list right here, and I just want to get your um, opinion. But before I do, I'm going to name a few people who are not on the list but are apparently honorable mentions. Chris Bosh, apparently. Anyway, so this guy's justification is that he was criminally underappreciated and dismissed during the Miami Heat's uh, title run. Some of that collective mea culpa has already happened in the conversations about the first half of this decade. He was putting up 20.7 rebounds, 2.3 assists with 55.9% true shooting and brilliant defense in his two incomplete years post LeBron James. So he was the blueprint for how big men play in today's game and ahead of his time. So Chris Bosh gets honorable mention. Uh, Draymond Green, uh, some of you are rolling your eyes because you believe Green is a system player and completely overvalued because of how incredible his teammates around him have been. I do not agree with you. Draymond has been one of the most influential big men of his era, and he's really damn good on top of that. So they're talking about his defense primarily. Uh, and, I mean, this has been lauded by people like Kawhi Leonard, who himself has also been at the top of the defensive food chain. Uh, Dwayne Wade has been left off this list. So he said, I initially had Dwayne Wade in the final uh, cut for this. And the more I thought about it, the more I felt the need to give the honor to another wing. We can't forget how great Wade was in the first half of this decade, even though things fizzled out after he left Miami. Wade was one of the best players in the first five years of the decade. So 
Uh, and Carmelo, uh, wait, yeah, Carmelo Anthony as well. Uh, Mark Gasol somehow. Yeah. Uh, prior to the title run, Gasol was one of the best defensive big men of the era and a great playmaker. Dirk Nowitzki, sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, I just, yeah, uh, sorry, go on. I just wanted yeah. to actually listen to the top 10 because I wanted to see if Dwayne Wade would actually fit in there. So, yeah, we'll go. So, so Dirk and Tim Duncan were all left out. Uh, Kevin Love was, okay, wait, hold on. Yeah, Kevin Love was left out, and so was Damian Lillard. So these, so these are Dame. Yeah, bro. So here you go. Right. He's had big shots in the and big. Okay, playoff well, what was the throughout. title of the list again? Uh, title of the that's list. That's crucial because the twenty tens from super the super teams to megastars. Here are the ten NBA players who defined the decade. Defined the decade. All okay, right. defined the decade. Um, Lillard has four All Star NBA impressions. Anyways, this is talking about accolades. Okay. Um, Number 10. No, man. They left out Kobe, bro. All right. Just go with number 10. Who's number <laughs> all 10? Right. Uh, all, okay. So all decade first team. Lead guard, Steph Curry. He right. broke basketball. Basically, he broke basketball. Yeah. Um, he changed the way basketball is played and is probably for the better, although we need him for more time. Agreed. So, Agreed. Uh, one of the greatest players we've ever seen because he's one of the most unstoppable offensive forces. So that's it. Mean. Wing, James Harden. He broke statistics. Yeah. Um, wing Kawhi Leonard. He broke the teams that ruined basketball. Um, yeah. I'll give him that. Kawhi Leonard okay. deserves that. Yeah. Okay. So once again, Kawhi ended a dynasty, walked away with a ring, and saw a star player from his foes leave for a different franchise. Leonard has been one of the best he players of his quiet. day. I know. A defensive-minded player became an offensive juggernaut. He had much as much claim to the 2017 MVP award as Westbrook and Harden did. So, mm. uh, big LeBron James, he broke everything. The decision in 2010, the big three in Miami, the block in Cleveland, and maybe one of the greatest re- redemption stories in recent sports memories. Then he decided to go to Hollywood to pursue another challenge, joining the Lakers. So, LeBron. Uh, look at the accolades for the decade. Three MVPs, three final MVPs, four all-defensive teams, nine all-NBA first teams, and an all-NBA third team, and three rings. LeBron James is this decade. His greatness has endured. Big Kevin Durant. He broke hearts and basketball too. Um, yeah. So we've never seen a player like Durant before, essentially seven foot shooting guard who can also dominate at any position defensively. Uh, inside, outside, playing off ball or dominating on ball, Durant has become the created player in a video game who they tend to make algorithms against just to try to make things fair. Uh, knock against him has been uh, failing to close a 3-1 series lead against the team he chose to join a month later. It devastated the OKC basketball community and turned fans against him. So overall, Durant is an all-time player, and he cemented that in this decade. He finishes second in points, second in buckets, 10th in three-pointers made, second in free throws made, 19th in rebounds, 19th in assists, 13th in blocks. KD won two rings, two finals MVP awards, and a regular season MVP award in nine all-NBA team selections. Uh, okay, so those are... okay. All so that's decade. Your, that's your first. That's team. your first team. All decade. All decade. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Leonard might be the only one I'm iffy about. Yeah. Okay. But I, I'll agree with the rest. I mean, considering who is left I off, agree. bro. Even yeah, like, but you have to Even think that, about. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like, okay, who would you replace Leonard with? Yeah, but hold on. But wait until you hear the second team, and right. then and then we'll go there. So all decade second team lead guard, Chris Paul. 
Okay, and the first thing he writes, I know, I know, I know. There are a lot of people who don't believe Chris Paul deserves this for whatever that he's received over his career. He's never been an MVP, never been to the finals. He's what? only had one trip to the conference finals, and his team lost with a 3-2 series lead when he went down with a hamstring injury. CP3 has had some incredible highs and some embarrassing lows. He's also regarded as too demonstrative of a teammate. Okay, still. Okay, so this is what Zach Harper is saying. Still. CP3 is one of the greatest guards of this decade. He turned the Clippers from being a historical joke into being a disappointing playoff team. That's a much bigger leap than you might assume. I don't know. I'm, the more I read this, the more no. I think it's garbage. It's He's garbage. 17. Okay, so hold on. He's 17th in scoring during this decade, despite being a pure point guard in the most traditional sense of the word. He did that on a true shooting of 58.7% over the last decade. He's second to Westbrook in assists for the decade by 253 dishes, and yet he has about half the turnovers Westbrook does. He had six straight seasons with both all defensive. Okay, at this point, I'm just going to say Damian Lillard should have been on this thing before Chris Paul. Mm-mm. No? He, remember, it's going by position, right? So they're saying that yeah. for the guard position, lead guard, he's there. Is uh, Russell Westbrook in this, uh, in this group? I, I don't know. I'm going to let me. Uh, okay, actually, yeah, okay, I'll just who's go. The next I'll, guard? Oh, actually, uh, Saad, I'm about to answer your question. <laughs> yes, he is. Okay. As long as he's in this group, and then yeah, I guess Paul. So he, so but but the Zach Harper admits he cheated. He's like, I cheated by putting Westbrook as a wing. Yeah, uh, you, you could have had Dwayne Wade in there as a wing, and then Russell yeah. Westbrook as a guard. Right, right. So uh, so Russell Westbrook is on there. Clay Thompson, even on a team with Curry, Clay Thompson maybe the best pure shooter shooter of this decade. Outside of that, Thompson has also been one of the best defensive guards of this decade. There are many factors as to why the Warriors have been this good in their run, but Thompson's defensive acumen and effort have been just as important as his offense. So uh, Thompson ranks 16th in points scored, third in three-pointers made, and with the 18th highest true shooting percentage, three rings, two all-NBA and all-defensive. He's been robbed a couple of times of those all-NBA and all-defensive teams too. So uh, that's And then obviously Russell Westbrook. Now big, Anthony Davis is one of them um and the other <laughs> blake griffin what <laughs> he's okay, 11th no, wait, he's 11th he in make, points he can make up a case for griffin because he changed that big man position when he came into that league like he did, he did. but he, yo he, he was he redefined that role a bit like he brought an electricity to that yeah, role yeah. like you know what i mean but it's a very non-traditional way. He actually took it back to what it used to be, I think. Like, he was, like, kind of a Sean Kemp-ish type player, whereas, like, nowadays, bigs who are, like, fours are more, like, shooting forwards than they are no, power forwards. He had a shot, and he had... Oh, sorry, a, small forwards. Like, yeah. he, like, he was a big who had the shot, and he had the the athleticism and the energy and the, the strength of a, a traditional big. Yes, you know yes, what I mean? Definitely, so definitely. He had that traditional big post game and he had the shot. Like it was like Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, there's one yeah. player that I would even say should be in here, which would be Giannis. Oh yes. That's actually and a very that's, good point. That's that's who should take um Blake Griffin's spot. But yo yeah. I think I think it's only because he didn't. He was drafted in 2012. That's. I think that's what it is. Yeah. But or 2013. 2013. Yeah, I think it's because he was. But still, man. But still, he redefined this decade. No, but hold on. 
hold on. Why didn't we put Draymond Green in here then? No, nah, I wouldn't put no, Draymond, but Draymond Green was an honorable mention. No, I know, but you wouldn't put him in over Blake? No. No. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I would put Giannis. And. Yeah, because he wasn't even in the honorable mentions, uh, quite frankly. So. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, honestly, I would have put Chris Bosch over. No, Dwayne Wade has to be in there, man. Over Blake, I'm saying over Blake. Dwayne Wade has to be in there over Chris Paul. Yeah. Chris Paul Paul has built up some serious statistics over this decade for himself. Yeah. He's never won anything. It's interesting, too, because, yeah, it's interesting, too, because some of the players that were left off the list, I think the reason being is that they're – their kind of prime was pre 2010. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying so. Dwayne Wade obviously was amazing post, like when when LeBron was there and they were winning the championships. But still, I feel like like everything leading up to that point was kind of maybe that's the argument that can be made. I don't know. Like Kobe Dirk, Dirk and Tim. Kobe's Duncan. not on that list. Tim Duncan's not on that list. And but yeah, but I think you could argue that those guys were over, not were more over the Actually, hump. Over Chris Paul, I would put Kobe in there. Really? But but you have to remember, you'd have to because he's trying to make a first team, right, and a second team. Yeah, but to, I would put Kobe in the second team. He still was okay. That so put good so, so so that's what you do. You put Kobe. Deck. You put Kobe on the wing, move Westbrook to the guard, and then yeah, and then basically there you have it. Yeah, if Westbrook didn't win that MVP, he would not be on that list. Yeah, guys, a triple double uh, machine. Yeah, it would have been if it would have been D Wade, uh, Kobe, Giannis, AD, and who was the last guy? Clay Thompson. Uh, yeah, Clay Thompson. Yeah, and that's that's my second team. Okay, but well, because Westbrook won that MVP, Westbrook deserves that spot over D Wade. Question. This decade. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, son. Do you guys think? That Paul George should be anywhere in this list, even an honorable mention. I think. Oh, in the honorable mentions, yeah, maybe, yeah, I would give him it because yo, he came. Twenty ten, he was selected in twenty ten. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. He wasn't a high draft pick either. No, but if we look at his career numbers we're looking at uh 20 points per game last season was probably his most successful yeah i guess so yeah because he was like one of the finalists for the mvp race yeah yo but dude his career he's shooting 43 percent in his career 20 points six rebounds three assists it's not bad that's really good so yeah no i i think so i think yeah yeah, I would. He's been very consistent, actually. Yeah, he deserves an honorable mention too. But they, there's a lot of players that would go on, and it all comes down to perception, yeah. right? No, absolutely. Um, Kyrie. Kyrie's not on that list either. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But Kyrie's mad young too. Yeah, but he was drafted early. Yeah, he was. You're right. Right. Yeah, he was. Good when? Twenty. Two thousand eleven. Yeah, he. Twenty eleven. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting list. When I was looking through, I was like, I was like, not expecting it. Slash, okay, that means like the first team. I think he did a really good job. Uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would, hundred percent agree with like, the first team. Apart from Leonard, because he missed mm-hmm. a lot of time. Mm-hmm. 
I could have given yeah, that spot I mean, to someone LeBron, else. LeBron, Harden, Curry. Yeah, and, but he uh, and Leonard's a two-time MVP, bro. Yeah, he came back from us missing a whole season to make giving a championship to a team. That's yeah. insane. So, for that reason, he deserves the first. You know, team you know what else? What is also insane? That three of these players of these ten players all played on the same damn team, and the fourth one was an honorable mention on this list. And I'm talking about Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green. Like that's insane, dude. That's insane. Imagine having four of the best 10 players. I guess also because they were doing so well uh, in that 10-year period. I mean, this was really... If we look at whose decade this was, uh, I would say it's LeBron's decade in a way because he went to so many finals. But it was also... Um, i say it was Curry's decade. It was the Warriors' decade. No, yeah. I'd say Curry's decade. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it, it but yo... It, changed the game no no i yes yes and you know what he i i agree and i and i will LeBron admit, didn't change the game <laughs> yeah yeah LeBron LeBron came in played, played the, way the game, the game yeah, played, yeah, yeah yeah and it was still going the same way mm-hmm. up until curry comes in and says bun y'all i'm gonna take as many threes as i want <laughs> but run this you know? yeah but I think I think with Curry, yeah, I agree. But I think Curry also had the benefit of the system uh, that he was playing in as well, uh, in a sense that you know that he was given that liberty to do that. Because I mean, you don't just when you're playing basketball, you know, you got to be first option, second that. option. But yeah, no, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. With that. He got a lot more freedom. Yeah. yeah, but I'm just saying he changed the game. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, he did, he did, and I think for me at least, I personally speaking. Uh, he made the game really fun to watch, and I'm, you know, I've always watched it. But I think it's like they no, became I think more it was key. A combo of him and LeBron playing at the same time in yeah. that same era, because mm. you still had the dunks coming in yeah. and those insane highlights of like posters and whatnot, and then you had Curry pulling up from nowhere mm. and just draining shots. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, so you had the best of both worlds. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Okay, uh, we're, Saad, any last comments from you? Uh, no, I, I just think, I still think that Dwayne Wade should be on there and Giannis should be on there. I mean, yeah, EG's right. Steph Curry was unreal. I mean, he definitely changed the game, the way it's played. He, like, his name stands out to me the most, him and LeBron. Yeah. I yeah. agree with me 100% that both those names should be there. Um, Steph Curry is just, you know, just catch and shoot man he'll catch it from anywhere and just shoot it like from the logo whatever like corners yeah. in, it's just he shoots at a high clip yeah he and, does definitely. But, um man i was gonna the game of the week is usually wednesday uh in the nba and it is gonna be um anthony davis making his return to the smoothie king arena or whatever they call it but uh ready get your smoothies ready <laughs> but uh <laughs> Tomorrow, I want to see the Mavericks and the Clippers. This is going to be a very interesting game. Yeah. Tomorrow, eight thirty. Um, telling y'all, reach San Antonio, bro. Planning on going seeing San Antonio versus the Clippers. Are you serious? Yeah, oh, bro. This man. That'll be a good game to watch. What? That'll be a good game to watch. Yeah, it will be. San Antonio really is doing yeah. bad. How much are tickets, by the way? I don't know. Gonna go. <laughs> Dude, StubHub, StubHub just got sold uh, to some company. I think eBay. Uh, who owns StubHub? eBay? Not sure. 
I don't know. Anyway, they just sold them to someone. But uh, interesting. Who are you going to cheer for when you're there? What? Who are you going to cheer for? Bro, you I'm going to have my Leonard jersey on, bro. Uh, Toronto that? Leonard jersey. Yo, bro. Uh, <laughs> right. Yo, bro. What it do, baby? What it do, baby? <laughs> 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 gonna put a speaker on my neck. Gonna have that on repeat, bro. Do it, do it. <laughs> Yo, tickets start from sixty-five US. Oh, that's not bad. Interesting. Cool. All right, guys. Appreciate you jumping on with me here. Um, we will come back to you next week as we always do on Monday. In the meantime, enjoy yourselves and uh, have a good rest of the week. And uh, peace be with every single one of you. We'll okay. Catch you later. Take care, guys. Take care, guys.